Please remain standing and open the pages of the scripture in your hand this morning to our two scripture reading. The first one comes from the book of Isaiah chapter 53, Isaiah 53, verses 7 and 8. This is a prophecy about the suffering Messiah. Our Lord Jesus Christ, Isaiah 53, uh, 7 and 8. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before his shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And now turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. As we are working through the Gospel of John, John chapter 1, beginning from verse 35 to 42 this morning. John 1, 35 to 42. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, Where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The word of God for God's people. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, as we now open our hearts and our ears ears to the hearing of your word, Lord, we ask you to grant us the same spirit that you gave to your servant Samuel long, long ago. To say to you, our God, Master, speak, your servants are listening. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Beloved, the prophets in the Old Testament and the apostles in the New Testament presents Jesus Christ to us 
in different names and descriptions. You all would remember the title, the name, the Son of God, that the Old Testament gives to Jesus Christ. And you come to the New Testament, you have the name, the Son of Joseph and Mary, Jesus of Nazareth, the Good Shepherd, the King, the Lion of Judah. You come to the Old Testament and the New Testament, and you will find many um, titles like these and names that are used to present uh, Jesus Christ to the world. But in the Gospel of John, we have one prophet, the prophet of the Old Covenant, the last prophet of the Old Covenant. John the the Baptist, presenting Jesus Christ to the world in a very uh, compelling and unique way. He presents him as the Lamb of God. In our previous section, you remember in verses 29, in verse 29, uh, John the Baptist presenting Jesus Christ to the people in the Jordan River who were baptized, who were being baptized by John the Baptist. He pointed to Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world. John in verse 29 said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Not only that, John also presented Jesus Christ as the anointed of God, as the Christ who was appointed by the Father. You remember what John told them in ver- told us in verse 33, I myself did not know him, but who sent me to baptize with water, say to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and Remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Isn't that amazing that the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus and remained upon him? Unlike, you know, unlike what happened with King Saul. The, the Spirit came upon him and then departed, left him. But when it, when, it, when it came to Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the Holy Spirit descended upon him as a dove and remained upon him to show us that he was the Christ, the King, the Son of God. And in our text this morning, John the Baptist still continues his proclamation of Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God. But this time with an expectation for those who heard his preaching, his proclamation to respond. To respond to the message of the gospel. To respond to his proclamation about Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God. And what I wanted us to see and observe and learn from this this morning is John the Baptist uh, proclaimed Christ as the Lamb of God so that the men who heard his message would believe, would 
follow and would share Christ with other people. Remember that. The purpose of John's proclamation was that people who heard his proclamation about Jesus, the Lamb of God, would believe, would follow, and share, that they would become sharers of Christ, that they would share Christ with people around them, with people who are close to them. And by God's grace, we consider this wonderful beginning of the church in the New Testament under three headings this morning. One, the Lamb proclaimed, and then the Lamb followed, and then the Lamb Shared. The lamb proclaimed, the lamb followed, and then the, the, the lamb shared. So we, we, we start with, with, with my first point, the lamb proclaimed. Listen to uh, John. Uh, the next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the lamb of God. Now remember, John already has seen Jesus. He has already met Jesus. When Jesus came to the Jordan River to be baptized by, by John the Baptist, God the Father, by opening the windows of heaven, revealed to John the Baptist that the one on whom the Holy Spirit will descend is is the Lamb of God, the, the Messiah, the Christ. In Matthew 3.16, the scripture tells us, And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Now, now I want you all to, to notice the change now. Now the change is from an animal, a lamb, you know, an un, un, uh, blemish um, animal ready for uh, to be to be killed for sacrifice to uh, to a man, a human lamb. That was the change. And God the Father from heaven said, "This is my Son, in whom I am well." Uh, pleased and now being enlightened by the Father from heaven, John is proclaiming Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God to those who must respond by faith. Notice now he's preaching Christ to his own disciples. He had followers, he had students who had been following him until Jesus showed up. Until Jesus came to the Jordan River, John the Baptist had his own disciples and followers. Now he's preaching to them. Why, why is he doing that? Because he knew, he realized that the moment he saw Jesus, he realized that his ministry, which was merely preparatory, has come to an end. Now all people should go to Jesus. All people should believe and become the followers or students, disciples of Jesus Christ. John realized that. So he is passing on the torch, if you will, to Jesus now. 
Now his, his ministry, his time has come to an end. Now everyone should go to Jesus. And looking at Jesus and, and addressing his disciples, he said, Behold uh, the Lamb of God. So the first thing you see John does was proclaiming Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God. He started where all preaching, all sermons should start and be centered. Jesus the crucified. Jesus the Lamb. He started with the ultimate, the chief um, mission of Christ in this world. Which is what? To die for the sins of God's people. To Offer up his own life as a sacrifice for sin. You see, John is starting with, 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 with the most important, ultimate uh, ministry and work of Christ here on earth. Matthew 20, 28, Jesus said, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to, live his, to give his life as a ransom for many. That's what John is proclaiming now. This is the Lamb of God. Go to Him. This is the Lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world. He started with the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Notice John preaches Christ the crucified and yet Christ was not crucified. John preaches Christ as, as slain but Jesus was not yet slain. John preaches Christ as the Lamb of God, that sacrificial Lamb who will give up his own life as a sacrifice for sin. But Jesus is not yet sacrificed. So what do you learn here? What do you see here? John the Baptist was a prophet. He was a prophet. And he was prophetically... Uh, proclaiming the person and the work of Jesus Christ. He was telling the whole world, this man, this person is Christ, the anointed of God. This person is the lamb, a human lamb, who will be crucified on the cross to reconcile sinners with this holy God. What we see here is, John was the prophet. You see, people in the Old Testament, the Jewish people, the Israelites, they look forward to the cross where Jesus was sacrificed. And you and I look backward at the cross of Jesus Christ where Jesus was crucified for our sins. But we all proclaim Christ and Him crucified. Do you remember what Paul said about his own ministry, about his mission in the world in 1 Corinthians 2? 2, 2? Listen to Paul. For I decided not to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Do you hear what Paul said? Paul was saying, I know many things. I am well educated. I have been in a theological college. I know the law of God. But I'm not proclaiming this message to you 
to display my personal wisdom to you or to seek attention from any one of you. I have decided to know nothing among you except to proclaim Christ, Him crucified. You see, beloved, even today our preaching should not be different than the preaching of John the Baptist. That's why we stand in the pulpit Sunday after Sunday. That's why we proclaim the gospel to people. The reason is to proclaim to them Christ, the Lamb of God, Him crucified. Because people need to be delivered from their sin. You see, in John's day, the Jews were very familiar with the role of a lamb. Those people who were listening to John, the disciples who were listening to John, proclaiming to them Jesus as the Lamb of God, they knew about what he was talking. Because they know the story of Abraham and Isaac. You remember the story eh? when God commanded Abraham to sacrifice his own son Isaac. And they were on their way to Mount Moriah. And Isaac asked his father Abraham, Father, I see the wood, I see the fire, where is the lamb? And Abraham said to his son, My son, the Lord will provide the lamb for the sacrifice. And when they arrived to the mountain, Abraham took the knife and he was about to kill his son. And the angel said, Stop, Abraham. Now I see that you love God And turn around and look what you see. And he saw a ram. He saw a lamb. And the angel told him to take the the ram. Take the lamb. And sacrifice the lamb instead of Isaac. The lamb will take Isaac's place. And all the children of Isaac after. The lamb will take their place. When God told the people of Israel to leave from Egypt, on that night that the angel of death came to Egypt to kill the firstborn in Egypt, in Exodus 12, 13, God told the people, the blood shall be a sign for you. Listen carefully what God told them. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood... When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. God told them, because of the blood on the door of every house of the Israelites, I will pass you over. And the angel of death will not destroy you. Because the lamb will take your place. A lamb suffering, being sacrificed for another one. A substitute. And that's exactly what John was proclaiming about Christ. The lamb of God who will take away the sins of God's people. Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Lord took our sin from every one of us and he put our sin on Christ. Christ took our sins upon himself and went to the cross to Calvary and died on our behalf. 
You go to the book of Revelation, you will find this amazing song that was sung by the 24 uh, um, elders and uh, uh, angels uh, in heaven. Uh, Let me read the song for you. Listen to the song. Um, John tells us in John uh, chapter 5, starting from verse 19, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. And they said with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Let me ask you this. Where did this hymn sung? In heaven, before the throne of God. And what were they singing about? About the Lamb. They, in their singing, they were exalting the person and the work of Jesus Christ before the throne of God. Listen, I love to sing the Psalms. In fact, we should sing more Psalms. But there is nothing unscriptural about this. This was a new song that was sung in heaven before the throne of God. And the song, this new song was concerning the person and the work of Jesus Christ. This song was exalting Christ as the Son of God who was crucified, who was slain for the sins of his people. You see, John here is showing us the Christ who was afflicted and died on behalf of the sins of God's people. You see, John was telling his disciples, this is the Lamb of God, which also means this is the fulfillment of John 3.16. God loved the world. God so loved the world and he gave up his own son so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life, but not perish it. John was telling them, this is the Lamb. The fulfillment of John 3.16. The fulfillment of uh, Genesis 22. Abraham sacrificing Isaac. The fulfillment of Exodus 12. 1 John 2.2. 2, he is the propitiation for our sins. Not for our sin only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Propitiation means one who removes the wrath of God away from us. Jesus steps in and he removes the wrath of God because of sin. Remember, God, God, doesn't, uh, uh, God does not sweep uh, you know, our sin under the rug. But he deals with it, with, with our sins through the death of his son, Jesus Christ. In Romans 6, remember what the Bible tells us, the wages of sin is death. And in Ezekiel 18.20, the prophet tells us, the soul that sins shall die. But God, by his mercy and grace and love, gave his son, Jesus Christ, to us. For Christ to remove that punishment from us. 
So we proclaim, you see, Jesus, him crucified. And that's what John did. And now we come to the lamb uh, followed. Uh, listen to what John tells us in verse uh, 37 to 39. Jesus, um, the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they say to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. Now, remember I told you that what John was doing was preaching Christ the crucified. With the expectation that these disciples would respond. And that's exactly what we see in our text this morning. The two disciples of John the Baptist, they heard the message. And their immediate response was, they followed Jesus. They obeyed the message. They believed in the message of John. And the message being what? The message being Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of God's people. They followed Jesus. They responded. John said to them, Behold the Lamb of God. Go to him. And they did it. They left John and his ministry. And they followed Jesus. And notice what happened after they followed Jesus. You see, the first thing that took place after believing in the message was following Jesus. And I want to ask all of you, after you heard the gospel, after you heard This message, Jesus, the Lamb of God, who will take your sins away. Did you believe believe in that message? And did you follow Jesus? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Are you still following him? That's the question that you want to answer as individual this morning. But these two, they obeyed, they followed. And notice what happened after they followed Jesus. Jesus asked them, what are you seeking? Do you know why, do you know why Jesus asked them that question? This was a kind of question that we always call a searching question. What is a searching question? A person asks a searching question to find out the truth of something. And Jesus was asking these disciples, listen, you heard John telling you, behold the Lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world. Do you really believe in that? Do you really understand that? Is that why you are following me? Tell me why you are following me. You see, that's what Jesus was asking. And that's why Jesus asks everyone who follows him, why are you following me? Why are you coming after me? That was a searching question. And notice how they respond. The first response was rabbi, teacher. They used the title, the term that all the Israelites would use to a most respected teacher of religion in Israel. They were saying to Jesus, you are our teacher. We want you to become our teacher. You are the expounder of God's word, God's law. You, you 
we, we want you to become our teacher. We want to become your students. Teach us. To teach us the things of the Lord. Like in Isaiah 54, 13. And all your children will be taught by the Lord. Uh, these disciples were saying, this is what we want to become. Men who are taught by God. John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And these disciples were saying, you know, we want to hear your voice. We want to learn from you. Like Mary, we want to sit under your feet and learn from you. You want you to become our teacher. We want to be instructed by you. Is that how you want to follow Jesus to become your teacher? To reveal to you who he is, who his father is, to teach you his word day by day so that you would grow in the knowledge of God, in the knowledge of Christ, the son of God. That's what they were saying. Not only that, you see, they were saying, we want to stay with you, to have fellowship, fellowship with you, to be your guests in a place where you are staying. And Jesus, in fact, told them, come and see. And they went to the house where he was staying, and they stayed with him the whole day. Uh, did you notice that it, it, it was too late? It was dark, but they didn't care. John tells us it was, it was the tens hour. It was late. But they, they didn't care. They wanted to stay with Jesus and learn from him. Like Psalm 119, 103, How sweet are your words to my test, sweeter than honey to my mouth. That's what was happening in their life. The word of Christ became so sweet, sweeter than honey in their mouth, in their hearing. So they just want to stay with Jesus. Is that how you follow Jesus, brothers and sisters in Christ? At times, you and I become so impatient with the word of God to hear it, to sit under its instruction, under its teaching. Sometimes we say, it's too long. But these disciples, they didn't care. They, they, they wanted to stay with Jesus. Even if it was too late. And that shows you how much they believed in the message, how much they wanted to follow Jesus and stay with him. And thirdly, the lamb shared. Listen to what followed after they stayed with Jesus. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew. Simon Peter's brother, he first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Now, a very important lesson that John is teaching us, all of us this morning, is our salvation, beloved, involves believing, following, and sharing. You know, those three Elements are essential elements of our salvation. We believe the word proclaimed Jesus, the Lamb of God. Jesus, Him crucified. And then we follow, we obey Jesus, and then we share Jesus, the Lamb, with others. Notice verse 40. Andrew heard the message. Jesus is the Lamb of God. 
And the first thing he did was he went to his brother, Peter, took him by his hand, and he brought him to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? He first went to his own brother. Do you have a brother who is unbeliever? Do you have a sister who is unbeliever? Have you gone to them? Have you taken their hand to bring them to Christ? You see, the, the dilemma that you and I face all the time as believers is, this is my brother, this is my sister, this is a, a family member. If I engage him in a conversation about Jesus Christ, our conversation will be awkward. There will be conflict in the family. So I would rather not do it. But Andrew loved his brother Peter to the extent of him not want to see his brother going to hell. That's love. If they become offended, you tell them, I'm doing this because I love you. And if you hate me because of that, that's okay. But I have to show my love to you. I don't want to see you going to hell. I must share Christ with you. That's what Andrew did. He went to his own brother. But do you also realize whom Andrew brought to the church? Whom Andrew brought to the world? Peter. The great apostle. And you see that when Jesus saw Peter, Jesus said to Peter, from now onwards, you will be named Simon Peter. Cephas means Peter. And Jesus was telling Peter and Andrew and all of us, I'm going to make you a great apostle. Apostle to the Jews. And to some extent to the Gentiles. But you will become an apostle for Christ, the Lamb of God. You, you will become the most respected apostle in the world. Your name, your letter will, will be placed in the Bible, in the scripture. But you see, Jesus was telling Peter and all of us, after using Andrew to bring Peter to him, you see, God's divine design was to show us that it doesn't matter who shares Christ with you. Maybe the person who shares Christ with you, maybe he has no rank, she has no rank, they are not really you know, significant in any way, in any form, but they share Christ with you. I'm always amazed that after Andrew brought Peter to Jesus, he fades away. You don't hear much about Andrew. But look what he has accomplished. He went to his own brother and brought to Christ. You see, Jesus is to be shared, beloved. 
We believe, we follow, and then we share. And if we do that by God's grace, brothers and sisters in Christ, this sanctuary will be filled with more worshipers every Sunday. If we only go to our own people and beyond and become sharers of Christ. Not only students of Christ, students of the Word of God. It's, it's good to become the student of God's Word. It's good to know the Word of God. But let me ask you this. Why do you know the Word of God? Why do you know Christ? Why do you follow Christ? To share Him with others. Like Andrew. Like Andrew, so that many Peters would come to the church of Jesus Christ. In Isaiah 2, 3, and many peoples will shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk his path. See, let us go to the mountain. What is on the mountain? The house of God, the church. What is in the church? The teaching of the word of God, like what you are receiving now. Let us go to the mountain, the house of the Lord, so that God would teach us his ways. You see, you see my friend, if you, if, you bring, if you bring a friend to the church next Sunday, you take, you take them by, by their hand, bring them to the church, they will be fed by the word of God. They will be taught the ways of the Lord, together with you. So, beloved, we believe, we follow, and we share. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, O Lord, by your Holy Spirit, humble, humble us. Humble us to believe, to obey, to follow, and to share. Humble us to treasure everything that we heard this morning from your word in our own hearts. Use them in our Christian walk for the glory of your name. Help us to keep believing, to keep obeying, following, and to keep sharing Christ with our own family members, co-workers, classmates, wherever you take us, O oh Lord. Help us to become sharers of Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's